Amen. Well, in only mere hours, it'll be Christmas. Yes, that would be 8,751 hours down and nine hours ago. Yes, December 25th is finally here. And before too long, billions of people will be tearing off ribbons and bows, ripping wrapping paper off at warp speed, and tossing boxes off to the side as they open up their Christmas gifts. Fun, crazy, exciting, over in the flash, good times. Amen? So what gifts are you hoping for this year? What gifts did you get last year? What was your favorite? What is one of the best Christmas gifts that you've ever received? Were you expecting it or were you totally taken by surprise? Have you ever gotten a gift that you didn't even know that you needed, but once you opened it up, you wondered how in the world do you ever live without it? Have you ever gotten a not-so-good Christmas gift? You know, the kind of gift that makes you wonder what the giver of the gift was even thinking. I mean, you're not even sure whether it was a joke or they're serious. Uh, this week, I found a YouTube video of Jimmy Fallon talking about the worst gift ever in his hashtag segment. Here are a few that he had. All right, here's one. Should pop up. Maybe not. No? Okay. I have to read them. At Sam T.Y. Nam. My dad once got me a shirt that was his size, and he said he would take it if I didn't want it. <laughs> Hashtag worst gift ever. Hey, it's my color, right? Uh, at T. Max Davis. I got a $25 gift card for Starbucks. The balance was only $10. Hey, I was tired on the way over to give you your gift. I had to get some coffee. At, at, at Fancy LATX, one year I got the book, He's Just Not Into You, from five different people. <laughs> Message received. That's just, that's just awful. Um, at Kevin FR444, my brother got me a leaf that he, was set, that he said was from the Wrigley Field Wall, and he paid $350. I found out that it was from our front yard. Nothing like a gift from her brother. And at Lore Chavesky, uh, my mother gave me the extra plot in the family grave one year. She said I should be very glad because those things are pretty expensive. Hashtag worst gift ever. Again, billions and billions of gifts are about to be open tomorrow or maybe even some tonight. Some gifts will be awesome. Some will be unexpected. Some will be just what we hope for. Some will be just okay, and others will be not so good. Well, listen, Christmas Eve 2016, I, I want to remind each of us that when we boil Christmas down to its core, it's about Jesus, because He is the gift. Yes, He, not electronics, clothes, toys, games, bikes, jewelry, gift cards, etc. He is the gift. And for those who know me, I like to have you guys say things in church to wake you up, and your line is really simple, is the gift, right? And if you guys want to get out here early on Christmas Eve, you'll play along three times. If you pass three times, I get to move on in my sermon. Your line is, is the gift, right? You ready? He is the gift. He is the gift. He is the gift. Very good. Uh, he's the gift that we all need and need it. He's the gift that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. He's the gift that once we really open it up, we wonder how in the world we ever live without it. 
I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 uh, about this gift. Thanks be to God for his son, a gift too wonderful for words. Uh, some versions word it this way. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, when we talk about the gift of God's son, there's so much that we could talk about. After all, Jesus is a multifaceted gift. We could talk uh, about the gift of his death where Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could never pay. Uh, we could talk about the gift of the resurrection, where he defeated death in the grave, guaranteed our forevers, and changed everything. Uh, but today, Christmas Eve 2016, I want us to talk about the gift of Jesus' life, a life whose birth Matthew writes about in the first chapter of his gospel. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place and fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife, and she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I understand, 2,000 years ago, the word which was with God and was God left heaven, put on flesh, and made his dwelling, lived his life among us. Yes, Emmanuel, God with us, set up residence in our neighborhood. He strolled our streets, and the world has never been the same. Just think about it. God the Son willingly, because he loved us so much, stepped down from his heavenly throne and put on human flesh. Paul writes, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Now understand, Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, didn't come with a trumpet blast or great fanfare, but rather as a small baby wrapped in pieces of cloth, lying in a manger. Now think about that. No, really think about that. Almighty God, the creator of all we see, Lying in a used feeding trough. I don't think there was a Lowe's anywhere. They got a new one, right? We're talking about a used feeding trough for animals. That's insane. Are you kidding me? And though he was literally the fullness of God in the flesh, there were no royal attendants meeting his every needs, just the loving hands of his mom, a teenage girl, and the strong callous hands of his dad, Joseph, a carpenter. They were just common people, yet in that manger beside them lay the creator, the savior of the world, Jesus of Christ. But like any baby, Jesus did not stay that way long. He grew, took his first steps, said his first words. He ran, skipped stones, helped his dad in a carpenter shop. He wrestled with his brothers. He played with his sisters. He laughed. He cried. He fell down. He got back up. He loved. He cared. He lived. And because he lived, the world for 2,000 years has never been the same. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, now I want you to do something. I, I, I want... You'd imagine for a moment the world without Jesus, as if that little baby never came and laid in that manger. You know, kind of the ultimate, it's a wonderful life, right, story. Imagine our world and what it would be like without Jesus. Now, obviously, there would be huge implications in regards to our sins not being forgiven. But that's not what I want to talk about Christmas Eve. And so I just want you to try to get a glimpse, a picture of what the world would look like if that baby never was born 2,000 years ago. And listen, there's no debate, at least no intelligent debate, that our world would be radically different. 
For one thing, look at all the great works of art by Raphael, Da Vinci, Michelangelo that never would have been painted. And all the great music, Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, that never would have been written. I understand there'll be a huge gaping hole in art, music, and poetry if Jesus never laid in that manger or strolled our streets. If Jesus never lived, there would be no hospitals or people called the Good Samaritan. There'd be no Salvation Army ringing bells this time of year or helping the less fortunate all year long. There would be no churches reaching out to the needy, building orphanages, serving the poor, providing clean water, food, clothing, shelter, and medical needs throughout the entire world. I just saw a news clip this, this week where Franklin Graham was saying that you know, those little shoe boxes a lot of people do, 12 million are going out around the world this year. If Jesus never lived, there would be no church buildings dotting our landscape or huge steeples in the center of town. There would be no YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association, and no Billy Graham, no Mother Teresa. There would be no Christmas carols, no joy to the world, no away in the manger, no hark to Harold Angel sing or silent night. There'll be no Christmas decorations, Christmas trees, Christmas candy, or Christmas stockings because there would be no Christmas. There'll be no crosses on buildings or around people's necks or hanging from their ears. And what about the status of education? Since all public and major universities were founded by the church, Yale, Princeton, and Harvard. There will be no golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And how in the world will we date our checks, our calendars? Or our letters. I mean, upon what basis would we determine time if Jesus never came? Since all time, since all of human history revolves around this man, Jesus, this baby who one day laid in the manger. And where would we be without the words of Jesus? Once some guards were sent to arrest Jesus and they came back empty-handed, the only excuse they could give was that no one ever spoke the way this man does. I understand the words of Jesus are not time-bound, culture-bound, or ge- geographically bound. And for 2,000 years, people from all over the world, think about that, from all cultures, all races, all backgrounds, all socioeconomic statuses have been impacted and transformed by them. Listen to him. Love your neighbor as you love yourself was spoken by a man whose neighbors would try to kill him. The challenge to leave your family for the sake of the gospel was given by a man who kissed his mom goodbye on the doorway. Pray for those who persecute you came from the lips that would soon be begging God to forgive those who were nailing his body to a cross. And Jesus' words satisfied the deep hunger of man like no other words ever spoken. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. You find it out to be true in your life? The waters of success, of career, of money, all this. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Come to me, Jesus said, all your weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And where will we be without the example of Jesus? Understand, Jesus showed us the life that we can now live because of him. Jesus showed us how to love our enemies, how to pray for those who persecute and hate us, how to be humble, how to be a servant and wash the feet of other people, how to reach out to the hurting, the touch, the untouchable, the comfort, the brokenhearted, and to lift up the fallen. Uh, Jesus showed us how to, how to love God with passion, to finish the work the Father gave us, to fulfill all of our commitments, to surrender everything for the King of God and for his will being done. Uh, Jesus showed us how to lay down our life for our friends, how to pour it out for his bride, his church, Jesus showed us how to live the life that you and I were created to live. 
a life that is in tune and connected to God and living for a purpose that is greater than ourselves and our personal glory. Yes, he is the gift. And what a gift he is. And what a life he lived. His words, his inspiration, his example, his bringing God near has changed everything. Understand, Jesus lived a life that has sent ripples through the seas of time for 2,000 years. About 80 years ago, a guy wrote a poem about the impact Jesus had on the world. It was called One Solitary Life. He was born in an obscure village, the son of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he became a wandering preacher. He never wrote a book, never held an office, never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things one usually associates with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through a mockery of a trial. He was executed by the state. While he was dying, the executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a bar tomb to the pity of a friend. Here's how he concludes it. Twenty centuries have come and gone. Twenty-one now. And today he is the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. He is the gift, and what a gift he is. So this Christmas, as you open up your gifts, have fun, enjoy them, laugh, smile, and enjoy both the giving and the receiving as you celebrate together. And yes, take it all in, right? I mean, squeeze every ounce of life in that moment and fully embrace and enjoy the people you're with. And listen, as you give out your hugs and your thank yous, I want to encourage you to do two things. Number one, to remember to thank God for his son, a gift to wonderful words. Number two, to remember to keep on opening up this indescribable gift. It's a gift that we all need. It's a gift that you need. And it's a gift that just keeps on giving and giving and giving, meaning more and more and more to us as we open up the gift more and more. And it's a gift that will affect your life in ways beyond your imagination. Listen, all the people and all the experiences and all the places in your life added together will never impact and affect your life the way that Jesus wants to affect your life both now and forever. He is the gift. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. And God, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to just to be in this place, to be in your presence. And God, I pray that this Christmas we enjoy every bit of it. God, that we celebrate, that we have fun, that we laugh, that we eat, that we give presents. But God, that we remember you and your tremendous love for us, Lord. And God, that we remember that no matter how much we think we've opened up this gift of Jesus, there's always more because the present just gets bigger and bigger in our lives. Jesus, thank you for coming. In Jesus' name, amen.